Thank you, Valerie. Thank you, children. And we give thanks to our little gray donkey for making an appearance here on Palm Sunday as well. You can wave those palms, and it is quite exciting to have them. At least that's what I recall as a child. Thanks for helping us proclaim this gospel message. It is for the ears of our little ones and our big ones, too. It is for you as well. This word is for all of us, and so we give thanks for many ways to hear the word of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, sanctify us. Make us holy in your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Well, Isaiah preaches in chapter 50, as you have heard this morning, the Lord has given me the tongue of a teacher, that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning, Isaiah says, he wakens, he wakens my ear to listen. As those who are taught, the Lord has opened my ear. And so now you too will be awakened. I don't know if uh, you woke up a little tired this morning. Perhaps you did. You had to wake up maybe your feet, your legs, different body parts, but now you will be awakened in your ears as well so that you will listen as those who are taught. This is those who have heard the gospel, by the way, and now the gospel is here for you and your ears will be awakened for the, Lord's, the Lord opens your ears this Palm Sunday to the word of Christ so that morning by morning, and not just today, but tomorrow and the next day into this week and beyond, you too, like Isaiah, will be sustained in the forgiveness of your sins. For there is no rest like forgiveness. And so your sins are forgiven. Hosanna, we say to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so he has. He has come to give you new life. And if you hadn't woken up quite yet today, well, then a parade will always help, won't it? A parade helps wake us up, but this is not just any parade. This parade today, this procession, serves the word of Christ. And even though when you peer down the parade route of Holy Week, and you know likely what is coming, what is around the corner, you know that the death of Christ will darken this street, trying to block out the hope of resurrection, but forgiveness, life, and salvation now comes to you. Palm Sunday, or Passion Sunday, and you've already experienced a bit of the turn of this day. Well, it's a curious day in the church calendar. It's a day in the church that I remember with great fondness as a child because it starts with such hope. And this is all I remember. As a child, I recall entering into the sanctuary of First Lutheran Church up in Fargo, North Dakota, where I grew up, along with all my choir mates. We were all given palm branches, and we were all instructed to wave them, and we did with great vigor. And there's something when you grow up in Fargo-Moorhead and winter still is hanging on tenaciously by the time Holy Week comes around. There's something about holding a green branch that smells kind of fresh. There's something that is hopeful about that, and I remember that. But Jesus on this day rightly enters into Jerusalem, the city of David, as a proper king. Even though, as we have seen and heard, he rides on a donkey or a colt of a donkey, as Matthew says, now, a donkey or a colt are not proper power-yielding mounts. They don't telegraph power by the law the way most leaders would want or require. You must have a large car uh, to show that, well, you mean business. 
I can remember some years ago getting stranded on my way home from work in Rochester by a presidential motorcade. The President of the United States was speaking in Rochester that day, and the town was in a scurry. I mean, there was great expectation. Some loved it, some hated it, as you might expect. But the town was in turmoil, and I was coming home from work and got stuck because the road from the airport to downtown where he was speaking was Highway 52, and it was all blocked off. You couldn't go on it. You couldn't cross over it. And so I parked my motorcycle, which I was riding that day, on the side of the road to watch the show, to watch the parade. For a while, it was a little eerie because there was no traffic on Highway 52, which you would normally expect. It was just silent. And then eventually there came rows of police officers on motorcycles and then in cruisers with their lights going and then the lineup of SUVs and limos. And there in the middle, I could see the unmistakable profile of the president stoically sitting in the back of one of the limos. It was impressive. But as we are reminded today, power by the law comes and it, go and it goes. We know this, whether you're the president or not, the law always accuses. But this was not Jesus' parade. Jesus was not riding in a beefed up Cadillac limo. It was more like he was driving a Pinto, a little thing, a colt, a small donkey, yet at the same time he did not need to show power and security in the way that we usually look for it, that would come later in a totally unexpected way. But he did enter as a proper king, not just king of Jerusalem or Israel or the whole Middle East, but king of creation, and not just for a time, not just for four or eight years, but for all of time. Yet what a strange and horrible coronation was awaiting this king. Now, my fondness for Palm Sunday, as I recall it, and still have it, and perhaps your fondness for it, too, has not yet had time to dwell on what is to come this week. We kind of like this break uh, before the storm of celebration, of palm branches, of singing, of brass, choirs. It is beautiful. And this day, at least in the beginning, sees Jesus as the king like the crowd did as a savior. We see Jesus... If you can recall now, the Gospels we've heard through Lent as one who taught Nicodemus in the middle of the night, as one who went to the Samaritan woman at the well and forgave all of her sins, as one who gave the man born blind new sight, and as one last week who raised Lazarus from that tomb full of stinky death. Jesus did all of this, and he was their savior. They were expecting this, the fulfillment of David, arriving in the city of David. And as Valerie shared with us, their shouts were Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And Hosanna means save us. There was never a more proper acclamation for Jesus then and today. For Christ came to save them and you. Yet they and you perhaps aren't always so sure about what you need saving from. Isaiah reminds us this day that we indeed do need a savior. He reminds the people that because of their sins, they have been sold as slaves to Babylon. With the glories of Jerusalem in the rearview mirror, Jer Jerusalem about to be destroyed. But, Isaiah says, the weary would be sustained with a word. 
Isaiah speaks as if Jesus himself here. He says, I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. Now, I don't know how many of you have had your beards pulled out before, but it is a painful thing. I recall after a Bible study, not here at First Lutheran, there was a sweet woman, uh, not a First Lutheran member, who came right up to me uh, after Bible study and looked in my face and brought her finger and grabbed one of my whiskers and plucked it right out. And I stood back and thought, what is this? I was quite taken aback, quite surprised. But she said, oh, this one was out of place. I thought you might appreciate that. <laughs> the law always accuses. You must remember this. It's always looking for that hair out of place. Sometimes it will pluck it right out. But Christ now arrives with a word better than this. By our second gospel reading in Matthew, we hear how this word of Christ, this deliverance from the law, is going to be given. It is a foretaste of Holy Week. And I urge you to come. Plan on coming this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to hear the fullness of Christ's death and resurrection in Scripture. But this day, today, we hear how Pilate, though he sees Christ as innocent, recognizes also the power of the crowd he knows what is true and right, and then he sees the power of the mob. And he says, well, I know what is politically expedient here. It is to give Christ over. Yet he washes his hands in front of the crowd and said, his blood is on you. And they say, yes, it is. We'll take him. And this is our guilt now, too. And he hands him over. And the soldiers take him. And they spit on him. They put a purple robe on him, scarlet or purple, Matthew says, the color of royalty, just to mock him, however. And of course, this is our color of the season of Lent. And then they take it off him and put his dirty clothes back on and lead him away to be crucified. The law always accuses. Yet Christ's power now is not based in the law alone. It's not based in a show of visible power. For God awakens your ears for the freedom from this, from sin and the law. And Paul gets it right as he tells us how this looks. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, by being born in the likeness of men, by being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So here is your king. He has arrived. And now you, may you be awakened. May your ears be awakened in your whole life, like Isaiah this week, with ears attentive to the saving word and work of Jesus Christ, for he is in the building, and we can wave our palms. He is here by the power of the Holy Spirit. He has arrived for your sake. And he dies for your sake, for the forgiveness of your sins, so that you may join in a death like his 
and he is raised from the dead for your sake so that you also may join in a resurrection like his. Hosanna, Lord, save us. And he does. Amen.